It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Got to tell you about Dr. Busby and ToeGrips.com. That is ToeGrips.com. I'll tell you, the Encore Mobility Supplement's doing wonders. We always talk about it for Luther. Today, he walked over four miles. He did better than you. I mean, I need to take uh, Dr. Busby's Encore Mobility. That's this what wasn't said. a flat, like, paved four miles. This was, like, a hike. Yeah, dude was doing big things. Hopping over logs, climbing over rocks. Of course, Dr. Busby is the best. She's got her blog on uh, the uh, website, which is toegrips.com. And that blog is awesome. Anything you need to know about your pets, about dogs, whatever, she'll get you covered on there. Because Jilly has probably asked the question. Actually, I take that back. Jilly has probably asked me to ask Dr. Busby the question, and that has led to blogs so many blogs so much information there and of course got the youtube channel and the actual toe grips which are great for your dogs uh they're awesome man dr busby is great mr dr busby is great these are outstanding folks and uh listen go to the website toegrips.com see what they have to offer if you want to purchase something use the promo code luther that is l-u-t-h-e-r use that promo code and you will save 10 percent it is toegrips.com, toegrips.com, Dr. Busby, the absolute best, a wonderful lady, just good people. I love them. So uh, go to the website, toegrips.com, promo code is Luther to save 10%, toegrips.com. This is the Josh Ennis Show. Well, howdy, everybody, and welcome in to the Josh Ennis Show. Josh and Jilly and Luther, we're glad you guys are with us today. How are you, Jelly? I'm good. Good. Good, good, good. I mean, it, I mean, it is about 5 o'clock central when we're recording this, and we spent two and a half hours on a walk that I was fairly certain was going to take 30 minutes. You were wrong. I mean, this thing was you know, four miles up like a mountain and all sorts of like the worst kind of walk because it, it was one where all, there's all like the roots coming out of the ground and rocks coming out of the ground, and it's just a goddamn nightmare. But you know I what? I survived. Fine. I liked it. But I survived because I'm a because I'm I'm a fighter is what I am. Nice weekend of drinking because that's what we do. Yep, that's that's us. That's what we do on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Talked to my dad last night. Dad's gonna be by himself in Louisiana at his house for the next month because the Zeppelins went to London. 
So dad is all convinced, like, yeah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. He'll probably end up going crazy at He's some point. He's going to be there. so bored so fast. No one's going to change the cat's litter. The house is going to smell like just awful cat shit. Well, your sister will come over and do it. Well, the way dad does it, he's very uh, manipulative in this way. Like, he acts like he wants to see you. Like, hey, come on over and use my pool. Daddy wants to see you. And then when you're over there, it's, hey, can you change the cat's litter? Here's 20 bucks. So... But anyway, I mean, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. No, that's about right. Um, I mean, he's going to, he, I, I do think he's going to lose his mind if for no other reason, because it's his responsibility to take care of the dogs and the cat and everything. And he's going to have somebody over there every day. He can't be alone. That's just how dad is. He can't just hang out by himself and do nothing. It's got to be, hey, come meet me for lunch. Hey, come meet me for dinner. He ain't going to cook anything. So every night he's going to be going to pick up food somewhere. Find he's going to be meeting. Dinner, oh, yeah. God, yeah. He's going to be meeting people for dinner. And uh, who knows? We'll check in with him uh, here over this month and uh, see how things go. But uh, anyway, glad that you guys are with us. Now, you, you, you were telling me that Ric Flair is going to wrestle again? I guess according to sources, this is on ESPN, uh, legendary WWE wrestler Rick the Nature Boy Flair to step in ring one final time. First, first of all, who the fuck refers to him as Rick the Nature Boy Flair? <laughs> like, no, like, what website is this from? ESPN. ESPN, what the fuck are you doing? No one says, oh, yes, it's Rick the Nature Boy Flair. If anything, it's the Nature Boy Rick Flair well, or Nate or just Rick Flair. The good news is this is going to be right here in Nashville. If these sources are correct. How old is Ric Flair? 73. Why is this happening, Rick? Uh, Just let it go. He will step into the ring at the Nashville Fairgrounds on an independent card that will stream live on Fight TV. Doesn't Battle do stuff with them? I, I think Fight TV is too big for Battle. Battle does some shit where these dudes wrestle in like a... In a, in a high school gymnasium. Actually, it's smaller than that. I want to say one of the events he did was in a workout gym. They just set up a ring in a workout gym, like a big warehouse, and had like 40 people, maybe, at the event. So, no, you're giving battle way too much credit. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be July 31st, so that's the day after SummerSlam. Uh, the card on which Flair will perform July 31st will begin at 6.05. Uh, an homage to weekend start times of Jim Crockett promotions and WCW from the 70s and the 90s. He may die. And he, that might be how he wants to go. Maybe he just wants to die in the ring. Tickets and the pay-per-view stream will go on sale May 27th at noon. The thing about Flair is his his in-ring career ended perfectly with the fight with Heartbreak Kid. Yep. And, you know, he took the kick and he says, I'm sorry, I love you. And then, bam, just kicks him in the face and it's perfect. But these wrestlers can't let it go, man. Like, I think that some of the more current guys can because a lot of them have become megastars and other stuff. They just stuff. make movies, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, John Cena, like, wrestling is, is what made John Cena famous, but I don't think jo uh, that John Cena really gives a shit about wrestling. Same I mean, with The Rock. he did come back for, like, three, four months last year. Well, yeah. Right? I'm not saying he doesn't enjoy it, yeah. doesn't get paid, you know, to do it. What I'm saying is his main line of work now is making movies. Same with The Rock. So these guys who are big stars, like, I don't think they live and breathe it like a nature boy whose whole life is this. Like, none of these guys, and I'm, I, well, I shouldn't say none, but, like, these guys didn't have to go through the rigors that these guys had to go through like uh, a Ric Flair. Like Ric Flair and these guys were making no money for a long time in wrestling, wrestling in high school gyms, on the road, 330 days a year type of thing. And I get that some of these guys that are in there now have, have you know, started at the bottom, you know, you know, whatever the equivalent of the bottom is in this generation. 
but they didn't live the lives of like Flair or you know any of these old school guys who basically it was everything. Wrestling was everything. It was life. They took it serious. A lot of these guys are doing it because it's their profession and they may love it, but like it's not life or death with a lot of these people now. And I think that's in every sport. Like I think yeah. that at some point when the business became big and the money became huge in anything, you start to see people kind of uh, like the love and passion isn't what it used to be. Flair is one of these old school jabrones that's like, this is all I got. I'm a wrestler. That's who I am. Like, yeah, and that's what he lives. So he's gonna go wrestle some asshole at a at, at the yeah. state fairgrounds. Yep. Like, like that's gotta feel like a step. I mean, obviously it is a step down, but like you're Ric Flair, right? SummerSlam is happening in Nashville. There will be 80,000 people at SummerSlam with all the biggest stars in the world there. That used to be you. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago now, that WrestleMania was 100,000 people and Ric Flair is taking the kick from Heartbreak Kid. Like, it wasn't that long ago. And now here you are wrestling at some dinky fight TV event at the state fairgrounds in the same city that WrestleMania is happening. And you're on this this card with probably some slap dick no one's ever heard yeah, of. Yeah, they don't know if it's going to be a singles match or a tag match or what. But like, I, it's, I guess it's easy for me to say because I'm not 75 years old and uh, on the back nine and really not even the back nine. I'm, I mean, Ric Flair with all the shit that he's avoided, all that, like the near death experiences he's had. I feel like Ric Flair is like not on the back nine. He's finished up his back nine and he's sitting there at the 19th hole, just, you know, waiting to die. He's having a beer in the 19th hole after his round of 18. And we just see where it goes from there. So but like it's so it's easy for a young guy like me to say, but sometimes you just got to let the shit go. And I think a lot of these younger guys are going to be able to do that. The older guys obviously can't. It's like when Fla uh, that when Hogan and those guys, Flair was one of them doing like these TNAs and these lesser fucking things. Like, and I'm not going to rip like a sting because they 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 made uh, this uh, AEW and they're doing relatively well. But like sometimes you gotta know when to say when. Say, hey, you know what's kind of over. You know, I'm not. I mean, I, I get that it's hard because your job is a wrestler. How about you just enjoy being famous for being Ric Flair? Do some commercials. Be mentioned in rap songs. Every sports team in the universe quotes you and does the yep. woo and brings and, you in to do a first pitch. And also, if you were better with your money, which he obviously was, and he probably pays a shitload of you know alimony to people. Uh, you know, he legitimately had the planes and the limos and the Rolexes. He was living the gimmick, so he pissed away. A lot of money but like i don't know man like speaking of wrestling today is is the anniversary of andy kaufman's death and of course he had the thing with uh with jerry lawler which was one of the greatest wrestling angles of all time a great storyline but you know kaufman is interesting because kaufman never was actually funny like the taxi's not funny he wasn't a, a funny stand-up really like his thing was fucking with people. And I admire that. That like basically he's like an impractical joker type of guy. And the humor came from the awkwardness. And I fucking love that. Like, yeah. like that's some of the things that I would do that people didn't get. Like, I'm not saying I'm well, Andy. You don't Kaufman. really get that from many people at all now. No, but fucking with people is great. It's the greatest form of comedy. You know, when I was in Philadelphia, 
that's what we did because they were easy to fuck with. Like the Philadelphia people are the easiest people to fuck with. Houston people weren't as easy to fuck with. They'd be kind of hip to the jive or they yeah. just wouldn't give a shit. Part of fucking with people is people have to care. And if you fuck with them on something they care about, they are very easy to manipulate and fuck with. And that's what I enjoyed. That's what Andy Kaufman was. Like Andy Kaufman and a guy named Bob Zamuda, who was like his best friend and like his running mate and the guy that did all of his shit with him. Bob Zamuda and, and Andy, they did shit just to amuse themselves. That's like me and Jim on a much yeah. lower level. That's, that's accurate. Me and Jim would do that. We did shit just to amuse ourselves. And obviously it isn't the greatest form of shit because Andy Kaufman never went full on mainstream with anything. I mean, I guess he was on taxi, so that's mainstream. But like he never was, you know one of those elite level guys that was mainstream rich and famous uh, per se. But like, that's how me and Jim were. I like, we just love fucking with people, man. Like that's like, you don't get enough fucking with people anymore unless it's the Babylon B or something like that. But it's just fun. And people are more hip to it because of social media and stuff. I imagine back in 80, 81, 82, when there were still only a handful of television channels and people still kind of believed the, you know, the, like the, the, the kayfabe of wrestling and, and you didn't get to see everything every day in terms of celebrities. So when someone fucked with you, you thought it was real. Like I wish we can get back to that. That sounds like fun. Just I know. fuck. I love. But now, like somehow, like fucking with people has become bullying. You know, like it's just you can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, come on though. I mean, it's the best fucking with people. Like the best was like if you go back to Philly, and I go back to Philly because that's where where fucking with people is the easiest. And when we would do like the you know, would you take Brian Dawkins or a Garuda? And people are calling like, this is dumb shit, bro. But I mean, I would take dog. Like, I just, I loved it, man. Yep. Well, Philly was very easy to do, as you said. Houston was a little more difficult, but. Yeah, because they, they just don't care. But when or someone they're... fell for it, they would fall for it. Yeah. But yeah, you just can't do that anymore. But man, that, that kicks ass. I miss that. And like now, I think part of the thing that bothers me is like, there's a desire in me to do it. But there's also a desire in me to just stay the fuck out of trouble, you yeah. know? Like, I've like been, you've been slapped on the wrist one too many times. Yeah, and by I'm like, slapped listen, on the wrist, I mean, you know, fired. Let me tell you what Josh Ennis is trying to do. Josh Ennis is trying to keep these ratings up long enough to get him a big deal and get rich. That's what Josh Ennis is trying to do. You want to call me a sellout, whatever. I mean, we still have fun on the podcast, and I say a lot more on the podcast than I do on the radio. But it's so weird to be this way. Like, my old, like forever I've been programmed to just say, let's go push the boundaries, test limits, yeah. fuck with people, whatever. It, yeah. I'm to the point now where my boss is like, you know, you could fuck around a little bit and kind of make waves. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just pump the, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to stay out of trouble. I'm going to make it seem like I'm pushing boundaries. I'm not. I'm going to do, you know, keep everything as, you know, down the middle as I can here. Try to not piss anybody off and see what happens. Now, I have a natural ability to piss people off. That's yeah, one of my your, skills. Your existence tends to piss people off, like it's, in Detroit. It certainly does. Those people, like, I get so many messages from people, mostly from the same four people that just hate me because of my existence. And that's fine. But, like, I was, you know, I was talking with my agent about this because, you know, like, I mean, everybody knows this. When we moved here, this was the place that had the job. Like, th there was no other job out there for me. And, by the way, 97.5 sure as fuck wasn't going to, uh, and I'm talking about Houston 97.5. You know, they, I mean, I know for pretty much a fact that they were never going to give me any of these jobs that were open anyway. So, like, this was the job. I had to take it. It was the job that was open. And, you know, for, for a guy that was making no money, hey, you know, it's a good salary. But, like, like obviously in my world now for the success we've had 
I would like more money, right? Like that's yeah. like, that's just natural, right? You want to get paid more. And I, again, my boss tells me, go out there and you'll make some waves. I don't care if people get pissed off. Like everybody says that, Jonathan, until you piss off the wrong person. And then, and suddenly, then all of a sudden you're a troublemaker. All of a sudden you're a piece of shit. Yeah. All of a sudden, like you don't get along with people or you're a, a malcontent or you're a wild card. Why and all did the, you do that? And all of a sudden it's, you ain't getting a raise. You ain't getting that money. And your boy, like the reason I could do this podcast, because we make money doing the radio show and you know what i would like to make more money doing the radio show so we can continue to do the podcast and i can sit around here and fuck around and have fun and everything else like this is the place for it this is where i go to 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 say what i actually think about shit instead of you know couching some of my opinions yeah. am i a fraud maybe but i don't get on the air and, you know anymore and tell people hey i'm giving you the like this is where you're gonna get honesty like no i'm doing a fucking classic rock radio show we're talking up uh, 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 Jay Giles records and I'm listening to Battle Do the News and I'm responding to some shit and then I'm talking up a Journey record. Like, that's what it is. I don't think you're a fraud. I think you're just, you, you've gotten smarter. Well, at least, listen, until I get rich, once I get rich and powerful enough, I can be a dumbass again. But at this point, like I was talking with my agent about that today. She says, yeah, you know, the, you know, I talk to people about you and they, they, they want to know if you stay out of trouble, if you, you know, you're still a problem. I'm like, Heather, I ain't a problem at all. In fact, they want me to be more of a problem. They ask me to be a problem. Yeah. And I say, Heather, I ain't going to be a problem. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to collect my check and then I'm going to get fucking paid is what I'm going to do. Then I'll fuck around. Once I got that that long-term deal and I got that uh, that chingling in my pocket, maybe I'll test the boundaries a little bit more. Until that time, I'm talking up that fucking uh, Stevie Nicks record and trying to do the... the <laughs> stay out of trouble. Stay the fuck out of trouble is what I'm trying to do. Uh, but uh, anyway, so... Um, uh, so what is going on in the world? You know what? The, that shooting in Buffalo? Yep. It amazes me when I look at our chat on Twitch and I see the shit that gets censored, right? Like you'll see uh, like somebody call someone a dork and it's like, nope, nope, nope. We got to we gotta block that. Yep. We can't call people a dork. Somehow this motherfucker was on Twitch. The whole buildup to this guy going to shoot up mm -hmm. all these black folks at the grocery store was all on Twitch. And no one censored that. No and one stopped that. no <laughs> one censored a fucking thing on that. Now, I don't know how many people were watching it live. My there guess was, is it wasn't a ton. Um, I think the screenshot I saw, which was when someone was already shot, there were still 22 people watching. Think about that. 22 people sat there and watched a live snuff film. They just watched this guy shoot these people now i don't know what they could have done maybe they did call 911 i mean there's only so I much would you hope can do so. I would hope like you someone. can't yell at your t your screen and go hey don't do but, it bro but like said too if like i mean the whole build up to this like him driving there and he drove from some like a while away like you would think someone would have called the cops been like hey this guy's on his way to you know i don't know if he said where he was going i assume he did seems I mean, like I he would likes think. the attention yeah but uh yeah that's fucked up the whole thing is, it, but there's so many levels of all of these kind of stories that are fucked up. Most notably, it's fucked up that a guy goes out and shoots 10 people, whether they're black, white, Asian, like it's fucked up, the story itself. It's also fucked up the way it gets covered by media people on both sides, by the way, because like you can predict how these things are going to go. So the first thing we do when we hear about a mass shooting is we have to know the race of the shooter. If the shooter is white, we dig deeper. If the shooter is any other race, Mexican, black, whatever, 
the story almost instantly goes away. Like, that's just reality. That's not me being MAGA dude or whatever. That's just the reality of how they handle these situations. We have to see if the shooter is white or other. If he is other, we move on. If he is white, we say, all right, let's dig a little deeper. Then we want to find out what the motive of the white guy is. And basically, if he's white, his motive is already that he's a white supremacist in the minds of people. Well, anyway, in, in he's this a MAGA case, Trumper. he was. I mean, he Correct, is. correct. But like, it, no matter what the shooting is, we assume if he's white, he's an angry white man who's angry because white people are being shunned in this country. So he's got white issues and white anger. And that's why he's doing it. So that's how that lines up. Then we continue to dig deeper into it. And we look for his whole backstory and find out why he did it, uh, why he didn't like black people, why whatever. Um, and media people will really hammer this and then they'll big picture it and turn it into white people are an issue. Like that's where I get mad. Not that it's like, Hey, white supremacy is bad. Well, no shit. White supremacy is bad. I don't believe white supremacy is some widespread issue that the media makes it out to be. I think that there are select people in this world that are fucking lunatics that are legit white supremacists. Just like I believe there are legit lunatics who hate white people or hate Mexican people or hate Korean people. I think there are legit crazy people hate women. Like I think there's a bunch of crazy fucking people out there and that's what you deal with. The problem is it becomes a big societal issue and I truly believe that these politicians and these media people they love this shit they love it because it continues to hammer home their narrative that whitey is terrible that white people are the worst that white people are dreadful and this is an issue that must be remedied and like we've got to stop white supremacy like it's the biggest fucking plague or scourge on society is that there are some hillbilly white people that might be racist that's their whole angle that's the big white boogeyman on the other side of it what it becomes and this is what the conservative folks will do, and this is what the Twitterverse and every every one of these conservative media pundit guys on Twitter will do, is it becomes, oh, it's an issue that this guy shot a bunch of black people, but none of these politicians care when 30 people are shot in Chicago. Like, it's so predictable, the order of events that you're going to get here, that it just, it, it gets to the point where nothing's ever going to get fixed or nothing's going to be attempted to be remedied because nobody actually wants to remedy it because people will just sit there and fall into their same dopey groups yep. and they will have their same dopey opinions that are super predictable. The white Republican people will bitch about Chicago. They always love to go back to Chicago. Chicago's the one thing. Like Republicans love fucking Chicago. Well, this time they the love one, it. What about all the sh the shootings in Chicago this weekend? One doesn't have to do up, with the fucking other. They were bringing up the Waukesha thing a lot. That was their angle this time. Was the guy that mowed down all the uh, the dancing grannies at the parade? Yes, that that was there. But that goes into the initial category of the media people are frauds and they will not cover a story once they find out that a black man did it. Hell, if the, if the suspect is black in a lot of instances, they won't even mention the race of the suspect. Like if they say, well, the uh, reportedly the suspect is a black man, they will just say it is a man. Yes. Like it's fucked up. Like that part is not wrong. That is fucked up. And everything is so driven by race. But then the other side doesn't make themselves look any better when it's, hey, you know, there was this white supremacist and he shot up a bunch of black folks and like he was a legit white supremacist. He didn't like black people. He was a racist. It wasn't a perception like, oh, he's a MAGA guy that they called white supremacist. He was a legit white supremacist. Said he didn't like black folks. Uh, Battle was telling me, and I didn't watch the video. Apparently Battle did because he's a fucking Neanderthal. But Battle watched the was video. Was he one of the 22 watching it live? What if he was watching it live at that moment? Oh, no, God. but I think he actually, he watched some of it. 
And uh, he said that there was at one point where the guy shoots a white dude. And he goes, man, I'm sorry. That wasn't meant for you. Like, holy shit. Like, it was a fucked up situation. The problem is you get these two sides, these political the politicians and the political analysts and the dopes on social media. And what it becomes is another fucking back and forth. And both sides sound like fucking imbeciles, but that's what they want because that's what the world is. It is a fight for power and prestige and money. And there, there is no, we talk about this all the time. There is no value in being down the middle. We talk about this all the time. I consider you and I to be down the middle. I can look at both sides of a situation, find the good, find the bad. in it. we have people that reach out to us on our podcast and call us fucking assholes well, because I of mean, our opinions just, on abortion. Just on, you having this conversation now, I think makes you a racist. You think so? Probably. You think so? Because you're not immediately saying like, boy, there's all, there's like, like I've seen people like politicians tweet about how like domestic terrorism and white supremacy is the bigger issue in the world. Like, because that's a, the boogeyman they can hang on you to. You know, like it's, it's bizarre to me. That is the boogeyman they can issue, hang on to. it is an issue, but I, I think there might be bigger issues. There are. Like, again, this is the, the white boogeyman that they will go back to. That is their thing. If you are looking at it strictly from, hey, what gets the clicks? What gets the viewers? Because we always talk about the And the then it fear. also goes down the road of like, well... All these unarmed black folks were plugged by the cops, but this guy shot 10 people and he just, you know, gets taken into custody. Just nice and gentle. Because it's all, everything is driven by race. It's all bullshit. And that's what keeps people afraid of the white boogeyman. That's what keeps people, like it keeps the the, the cycle going. The cycle will sick. never be broken. It's sick because then you lose track of the fact that like 10 people are dead. Yes. No one actually. Which here's, is horrific. Here's the dirty little secret. Most of these politicians and media people on both sides do not give a fuck about any of those 10 people. They don't, those 10 people are, are pawns or characters in their movie. They are part of their narrative that they are spinning. They couldn't care less that these people are dead. What they care about is that now, oh, I'm a democratic politician and I can drive some more fear into the hearts of black voters by saying that white supremacy is this great thing. And that could have been your kids. They yeah. like the politicians love doing that. They also that like could have been your children children that were shot there that could have been you and it drives the fear mongering and then on the other side it's you know the typical fear mongering as we mentioned earlier of well what about chicago what about chicago i know both sides are just terrible or i've seen other people tweeting like this manifesto reads like a Tucker Carlson monologue. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I'm sure it's not nearly as smarmy as Tucker Those, Carlson yeah. is. I'm pretty sure there's a difference between you know legit horrific white supremacists and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I would agree with that. Or like people think this could have been Kyle Rittenhouse. Again, <laughs> totally different situations. Correct. But nobody wants to nobody wants the truth. Nobody wants reality on And things. again, you guys forget 10 people are dead. Like, Correct. Big picture here. None of them care. None of them care. Republicans, Democrats, they don't give a fuck. Do not give a fuck. At least the most extreme. But like, and this is about the most extreme. Yeah. Because again, I think most people that listen to this podcast or most people in the world are not extremists. They are down the middle and they look at everything kind of for its own you, individual uh, case. Do you believe most people are good? And most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. Yeah. No, I believe that most people are pieces of shit. <laughs> but but I do think they're down the middle on most things. Most people are not the lunatics that you see on social media. As we've discussed, social media is not real. It's it is terrible. bullshit, right? Social media and politics. Correct. Horrible. Well, it's all horrible, but it's all bullshit. And it leads you to believe that's how the world is, and that's why people hate each other. If you sit down and have a beer or a coffee or a lunch or something with someone, you're going to find shit you agree on and disagree on, but no one's going to sit there for the most part, unless you're a maniac, 
maniac who's just going to tow like a line for a party and say everything about that party is right. Nobody's going to do that. Most people will not. Like, if you listen to this, like, I I never get accused of being a liberal, right? I mean, it certainly hadn't been since I was on 610 in Houston have I ever been accused of being a liberal. But, like, if you listen to this and you hear our opinions when we were talking about abortion last week, there are some people who would listen and say that I'm some wacky lunatic liberal. On the but I get mostly accused of being a MAGA right winger whatever guy right that's what I'm accused of most frequently in all this. Well, again, would a a, a wacko right wing extremist say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm pro choice in this shit and I'm pro whatever. Like, like there's so many things. It's just bullshit. Essentially, what it comes down to is it's all bullshit and it's all for power. It's all for money. It's all for the clout. As it were, it mm-hmm. is all bullshit. But what it ultimately boils down to is power. And everybody's fucking nuts. And it's gross how nuts people are, man. Like, they're just out of fucking bounds. And and the, the people who get caught up in it the worst are the people who are like me and you and the vast majority of people who just want to live their fucking lives and don't care to go out and scream to the mountaintops about every fucking political thing in an us versus them fucking war. And that is someone that I'm never going to be. Like, I, I think about that a lot. And I say, Josh... Do you need the podcast to be like, hey, I'm right wing guy and like and, and I'm sure if you if you market yourself that way or left wing guy and you market yourself that way, I guarantee you get more downloads. Why? Because extreme the, the people that are extreme on either side want to consume it, right? They want someone to come in and echo their sentiments and believe what they believe, right? That's what they want, that's what they covet, that's what they desire. So what what is the affirmation? They're looking for affirmation. But ultimately, that's not who I'm going to be for either side of this shit. Now, you might view me as affirmation for one particular topic. Like if you're someone who thinks James Harden's a piece of shit, then you'll come in and go, that's why I listen to Josh Innes because he also thinks that James Harden is a piece of shit. And I agree with him, right? Like you'll get that. But by and large, you're not going to get affirmation from me on most shit. Maybe that's starting to bother some people. I don't know. But I don't need to sit here and kowtow to anybody or kiss somebody's ass based on who you fucking voted for or what your political fucking beliefs are. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I don't have time in my life. I have a ton of time in my life. I have nothing but time. (laughs) But I don't have time to fuck around with that kind of stuff. I just don't give a fuck. What else is going on in the world? Uh, Well, this is a very... um Odd seg, but yep, everyone is kind of up against Chris Paul today. Yeah, like led by Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly's a fucking stooge. Like Patrick Beverly is a marginal basketball player who plays a little bit of defense, plays dirty, he's a pest. And apparently he was talking a lot of shit about Chris Paul. He was like live tweeting last night, yeah. And then he's on ESPN today and he's just unloading on Chris Paul and how bad. Called him a traffic cone. Like, come on, dude. Go fuck yourself. Like, I respect the fact that you're speaking your mind. I think more people need to speak their mind. But I will also say that if you say something that I think is stupid when you're speaking your mind, I will tell you that you're fucking stupid. Also, I feel like Chris Paul has clearly accomplished a lot more than Patrick Beverly probably Correct. ever will. Patrick Beverly is a role player pest. And Chris That's Paul all he is. is. Very respected by most, I think. Correct. Now, I think Chris Paul is is in his own way dirty. He knows how to uh, get his fouls. And, and this is one thing I'll agree with. I think that guys like Chris Paul get a pass from a lot of people because he's in the commercials and he, he looks like he tries hard. Like go back to the thing with him and Harden. When they had, when uh, they had the conversation about how 
Chris Paul is up until all hours of the night watching film, and James Harden is not. And one guy works hard, one guy doesn't, right? Like, it's kind of the same uh, thing with Harden and Westbrook. Westbrook was perceived to be the try-hard guy that was always going 100 miles an hour, and Harden is perceived to be the guy that doesn't give a fuck and gets by on his talent. And people will tend to gravitate towards the guy that's the try-hard. Pat Beverly is a try-hard. Chris Paul is a likable guy that people think just all he wants to do is fucking win. He obviously isn't the same player he used to be but pat beverly going on fucking tv and unloading on the guy like you're pat beverly dude if michael jordan rolled out and was talking shit about chris paul it's one thing you're fucking pat beverly who are you everybody knows right. that everyone knows that it's just y'all don't want to accept it because no, i don't accept that i don't no, 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 no. i'm saying again if you're taller than them you see, you can shoot over him, obviously. That's but an give issue. him the but, Ben Simmons but, slander. Give him the PG-13 slander. Give him the slander that you give everybody. First of all, watch yourself now. Come on watch now. Yourself now. Come now, on now. Don't compare CP3 to Ben Simmons. No, no, I didn't compare. I said the slander. I said the slander. Ben Simmons didn't show up. I said the slander. Well, what's the slander? I'm going to give you, if you show up, listen, you, you, listen. You, I consider a guy that's an elite defender. You know how I feel the about you. The best in the world. Well, I, I wouldn't say the best in the world, but I, I get you. I got. I know that you're an elite defender. I'm giving you props no, for no, that, the, my brother. The best we, in the we, world. We've okay, well, you should feel that way about yourself. I no, don't the, feel the, that the way numbers. about you, but you should feel that way no, about yourself. ESPN gave me the numbers. That you're the best in the world? It's Giannis at 41.3%, and it's Patrick Bailey at 419 which means if you have the ball and Patrick Bailey is guarding, it feels like Giannis is guarding I'm only six feet. The fuck does that even mean? (laughs) Like, what is this random number? He's like, hey, ESPN gave me the numbers, dog. 41%. 41% of what? What does that even fucking mean? Best in the world. Fucking dope. I hate him so much. Like, bro, you play for the Timberwolves. Yeah, you play for the Timberwolves. You celebrated winning the play-in game like you just won the the damn championship. You got taken out by the youngest team in the league, the, uh, the, the, the Grizzlies. Like, come on, dude. Like the, the shit talking this dude did like, Hey, I respect you for going out and putting your name on it and speaking your shit. Like I respect that. Yeah. But I will also tell you if you sound like a dipshit because of who you are and he sounds like a dipshit because again, you are Pat Beverly. What are you saying to that? Basketball player. You can see it in the eyes. They were scared. It ain't about Luca taking his soul. They knew starting the game, what was going to happen. He's done it before. They watch, trust me. They have oh, yeah. iPhones. They have Instagram. They see the numbers of Luka Doncic averaging 39. They hear me saying, man, he did it to me. He did it to me, Kawhi, Paul, George. I'm damn sure you going to do it to them. They know that. The boy's scared of Luka. Ain't nobody afraid of anybody over there in Phoenix, man. Everybody in the league knows that, bro. Like, it's just that y'all don't know that because y'all not in the locker room. No one's afraid of Phoenix. We wanted them. We wanted them. No I one's afraid Phoenix of Phoenix. Be, uh, beat the Timberwolves. I no doubt think they would have. Yeah. Now, uh, bro, you didn't beat Memphis. Both, uh, well, Dame now has come out and kind of like shit on Pat Beverly. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And then uh, Matt Barnes was on TV today, also kind of like putting Pat Bev in check. Because again, you're fucking Patrick Beverly. <laughs> well, it's funny, like Matt Barnes. Chris even, Paul's like, going to the Hall of Fame. You're just a pest. If you look up, just search Matt Barnes. You'll see his video, and I think he makes the best point in all of this, right. which is basically what you're trying to say. Which is like, who are you? Like, who the fuck? Like. I, like again, speak your truth. Say what's on your fucking Go mind. Down one more. But like, chill the fuck there out, dude. Like, like, one. like you're Patrick Beverly. Now let's see what Matt Barnes had to say. That crazy man. Let's see. 
Well, what I want to touch on real quick, RJ, is the disrespect I saw from Pat Beverly earlier today. You know, as, as, as reporters, you know, as part of the media, we have a job to be critical, but I think there's a, a thin line between being critical and disrespecting. And I feel like what Pat Beverly did today to Chris Paul was completely disrespectful and out of the line. And Pat Beverly's talking like he's that guy. You're not that guy, plain and simple. Chris Paul played terrible this year, and his numbers are still better than your career numbers have ever been. So I just think <laughs> you have to understand, Chris is a 12-time All-Star. He played terrible. First time, all defense nine times, seven times first team all defense. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Pat Bev and I were similar type role players. They don't talk about us when we go. They're going to talk about CP3 when he's done. And I just think the disrespect we saw earlier today on the ESPN show need to be checked because he was way out of pocket. I enjoy the humbleness. Like You're like me. No one You're cares like about us. No one gives a fuck about me or you, <laughs> like, Pat I Beverly. Like that. Like, Pat Beverly, I'll give Beverly credit. He's making a name for himself by talking his shit. Like sometimes that's what you got to do. Right. You got to talk some shit and make a name for yourself. You know, that's kind of what uh, Tony Allen did. Nobody gave a fuck about Tony Allen, but Tony, he was a lesser role player than, uh, than uh, Pat Bev. He couldn't yeah. shoot or anything. Couldn't lay the ball up. He could just, you know, uh, play defense and, but you build a reputation and you help uh, get that reputation by talking shit. So mattress Mac is going to, uh, if the Astros win the world series, which now seems very possible if the Astros win the world series, mattress Mac is going to be the uh, single biggest winner of a uh, legal of a, sports of a bet. legal sports bet ever. Yep, he placed a three million dollar bet on the Astros plus one thousand to win the World Series with Caesar's Sportsbook. So if he wins, that would be the largest win at a legal sportsbook ever with thirty mil. And then he also put another million on um, I forget what other sports at, or on the win at plus twelve hundred. This dude. And the thing is, he sets this money on fire. Now, yeah, okay. First of all, we all know that he's protected in some way. Like he's making his money. This is not like he's just going out and setting money on fire. However, that's $4 million. If, if man, if he ever actually hits one of these, <laughs> like again, 30 mil dude's going to bankrupt Vegas. One of these days, he's going to bankrupt the sports books. If that hits, like, I don't know where you just make up $30 million. If you're a sports book, you know, like, Oh, by the way, here's your 30 million Mac. Yeah. Like, here you go. Just take it in cash. Yeah. But he does. I mean, he's never hit any of these big pets, though. Again, no. though, like he makes it up, though, because like I'm sure obviously he's doing his Astros win it all. You get it all promotion. But I wonder if they generate, you know, five million dollars in sales. I guess so. From that promotion, I would assume. Probably. They do. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it if, if he didn't see the value in it, I guess. Yeah, He's not but, stupid. Oh, God. No, he's not stupid. He's brilliant. And, and again, we talk about the, the advertisement he gets, the national exposure he yep. gets is worth millions. Although, of I, you know, these people are now trying to come for Mac, though. You see a lot of the whole, like, whoa, think of what four or $300 million could have done for, you know, people in need. Uh, yes, off. because Mac never helps people in never need. Never once has, like, I don't see the guy over at fucking, uh, you know, Oshner or whatever furniture, whatever furniture it is, random, the dump. I don't see the guys at the dump going, hey, I'm going to open up my store so people can stay in here because they've been displaced by a storm or I bought thousands upon thousands of tickets to the world series and playoff games for people like like if anybody ever comes at that dude for any of that shit well, I will find them and I will fight them my fucking self that's the internet for you man if you don't know Mac you're not in Houston you're like well this old rich white man ugh. well fuck them but yeah, Mattress Max slander will not be tolerated There's this There show. are certain slanders that we will not accept. We can find out that Mac is like the seediest motherfucker on the planet. We can find out it's all fake, and I would still not accept your slander because the guy has done so much shit for so many people. Fuck your slander.
Who do I need to tell them about, John? Craftology by Christy. Yep. So we're working on that new shirt uh, with Christy. I got to give her, uh, you know, the ideas. But of course, we're we're aiming for the live your life, love your dog, drink beer. That's going to be the special shirt that people are going to be able to buy. So uh, that's what we're shooting for. And, of course, she's got a great store. Uh, and you've looked at a lot of the stuff, too. A lot of cute stuff. Yeah, no, she's got some stuff. I think stuff. cute is, like, the, the best way to describe it. It's cute. She's got cute merch. Uh, and, of course, you can see all that and uh, follow her on the gram, just Craftology uh, by Christy. That is our, our buddy Richard's wife, of course, Richard of Metro Ready Mix. You know him. You know you love him. him. He's been around for a long time. He's been one of our longest sponsors. He's great. and His wife is great. So if I were you, I would give her a follow on the gram, and I would check out that Etsy store and maybe make a little purchase. How about that? be great. So uh, that is Craftology by Christy. Check it out. We love them. Just good people. Give them a follow on the Instagram. There you go. Good stuff. All right, then. On that note, we will uh, get the hell out of Dodge. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow.